I want to share with you a little message as we uh, are sort of, you know, not long after the start of the new year, and I've entitled it, Remember Lot's Wife. I'm sure no, many of you know the story, but let me read very quickly just a couple of verses. We'll start at Genesis chapter 19. Genesis 19, verses 17, and then we'll skip down to verse 26 for the sake of time. Verse 17, so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said to them, escape for your life. Do not look back behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. God was about to bring judgment on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he wanted to save Lot and his family the Bible describes Lot as a righteous man, and so angels were sent, and they brought Lot and his wife and his daughters out of that city, and he told them, you know, run for your lives, and he said, when you're fleeing from the city, don't look back. That was the big instruction, don't look back. But we read in verse 26, speaking of Lot's wife, and it says, but his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, I don't know exactly how that happened, or why it happened, or how scientifically we might explain it, but the Bible says it, I believe it, and it says that she turned into a pillar of salt. Many, many years later, in the New Testament, Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 17 and verse 32, he said to his disciples, he said, remember Lot's wife. Look at Lot's wife. Remember what she did. She looked back. He said, remember that. And I think he was saying to us, learn a lesson from Lot's wife. I have a simple message this morning, and it's this. Don't look back. I read something in a book that I was reading recently, and it kind of spoke to my heart, and it's in line with what I want to share with you this morning. And it said this, never allow your good memories of the past to be more dominant in your heart than your visions and dreams for the future. Let me read that one more time in case you didn't quite get it. I know it's up on the screen there. Never allow your good memories of the past to be more dominant in your heart than your visions and dreams for the future. You know, as we get older in life, it's very easy to start looking back. You know, to reflect on things that happened. Usually good memories, sometimes bad memories. It's easy if we don't watch our minds and watch our hearts, it's very easy to start looking back. Especially as we get older, we start to look backwards more and more. We start to think about the good things that happened in the past. We start to reflect, you know, more and more on anniversaries and things like that. And there's nothing wrong in remembering anniversaries and being thankful for things that God did for us in the past and for some good memories that we have. But if we tend to focus more and more on the past, 
and are constantly looking back, then we will not be able to see into God's plans, God's visions, and God's dreams for the future. You know, it's a bit like when you're driving your car. When I was taught to drive, and I'm sure you were the same, we were taught, you know, keep your eyes on the road. And that's talking about the road ahead. You need to be focused on what's in front of you. You need to keep your eyes to the front. Of course, sometimes you have to glance in your rearview mirror and make sure you know what's behind you. And, you know, they check that on the, on the driving test. But first and foremost, you need to keep your eyes to the front. You need to keep your eyes on the road. You can't be constantly looking backwards and looking forwards. You've got to keep your eyes on the road in front of you. But it's so easy in life to start looking back. Keep looking back as we get older. I was in the Old Mill coffee shop not far from where I live. You know, out the Belfast Road there on the way to Newton Arts. I'm sure many of you know it. I think it's closed for renovations or it's being taken over by a new owner at the minute. But I was in that coffee shop with Agnes. And downstairs they had a gift shop where they sold many little, you know, things like cards and candles and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things they were selling was these little wooden signs or plaques. You know, the kind of thing that people put up in the kitchen or the hallway of their house. And, you know, sometimes they have something humorous or something inspiring, or some kind of little thought. And I've seen many of these signs, you know, in different shops. They've become quite popular. But we were in there one day, and we were looking around, and I noticed this particular sign. And it made a deep impression upon me. And it said this, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one, remember Lot's wife. If you keep looking back, if you keep reflecting on the past, then you can't progress to the next stage of life that God has for you, to the next plan, the next vision, the next dream that God wants to give you if you're constantly reflecting on the past. I've seen many of these signs but I couldn't quote a single one of them to you accurately, except this one. This is the only one that has really stuck in my mind. We have a little, one of these plaques, you know, up in our bedroom on the wall. And it's, it's something about, you know, faith and, and, and trust, you know, and acting on your faith. But I couldn't quote it to you accurately, even though I sort of glance at it every morning. For some reason, it doesn't really stick in my mind. But this one really impacted me. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. God wants us, whether we're young or whether we're old, God wants us to be people who are dreaming dreams, who are having visions, and who are constantly on the move forward in life. God has good plans for us. God has dreams and visions that He wants to give us. This is not just something for young people starting out. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. God has a new plan. 
God has a new vision. God has something fresh that he wants you to do. But if you keep looking back, you won't be able to receive it. You won't be able to see it. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, I love this verse, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I shall pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. You know, if you're a young person this morning, God wants to give you a dream. God wants to give you a vision. God has something special and unique for you to do. But if you're an older person here, like me, you know, 66th birthday coming up, when I go to the hairdresser now, I get the old age pensioner rate. I think she takes pity on me. There's Mr. Gunning coming. I better give him the, give him the discount rate. But whether you're young or whether you're old, God has something fresh for you to do. Never retire, spiritually speaking. I love something that a man in Norway who was a great influence upon me, a great minister, a great servant of God, I asked him one time, I said, are you going to retire? And he said, Richard, I'm never going to retire. He said, I'm going to go out with my boots on which is an old military term, you know, for sort of dying in action. And that's exactly how that great man of God died. He just completed a campaign down there in Africa. He was resting in his hotel room, and he had a massive heart attack, and he died. He went out with his boots on. Spiritually speaking, God does not want you to put your slippers on and sort of retire spiritually. God always has something new for you to do. Never think that God has finished with you. Never get to the point where you think, well, I've done my bit. You know, I'll put my feet up, I'll put my slippers on, and I'll just sit beside the fire. God has something new for you to do. God, figuratively speaking, wants you to go out with your boots on. You know, die serving the Lord, doing what He has called you to do. God always has a new plan and a new vision. I recently wrote a book about my life story. And uh, thank you to everybody who has bought a copy and helped us in that way. But as I was writing that book, you know, I was going through old newsletters that I have because as a ministry, you know, we send out a newsletter every month and the latest one is here on the table if you want one, but I have kept all those newsletters way back from 1990. So when I started writing this book about my life story, these files of newsletters which you have in chronological order, they were obviously a great help to me because I knew exactly, you know, when I went certain places, when I did certain things, and it was a great help to me as I was writing the book. But as I started flicking through these newsletters, I sort of realized I'd completely forgotten about that. I, I completely had forgotten, you know, that we had done work in China, that we had done a lot of work in Ethiopia and, and, and other places that I had been. I hadn't totally forgotten them, but it had more or less very much slipped to the back of my mind. And I think that's because 
I've always determined to be somebody who's looking forward. Who's looking forward to the next stage of life, to the next dream, to the next vision. So I'm thankful for what God has done in the past in my life, but I don't want to focus on it. I don't want to get all wrapped up in that. I'm thankful to God for what He's done, but I want to be somebody who's looking forward, who's believing God for the next plan, the next dream, the next vision. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. He said, forgetting those things which lie behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You know, we need to make sure that we are constantly looking forward. Paul said that he forgets. He puts it out of his mind, the different things that God has done in the past. Maybe you have good memories of the past, and that's great. And maybe some of you have very bad and sad and tragic memories of the past. Can I encourage you to put it behind you? Leave it behind you. Don't dwell on it. Don't focus on it. But seek to move forward in the plan and will of God for your lives. You know, this church, I've been associated with this church since about 1977. I didn't actually become a member until 1998, but back in the 70s, I used to go to the Presbyterian church. I was brought up in the, in the mornings, and then at night I would go down to the meetings at Strandtown, where the church used to meet. And I believe in those days that this church was in great revival. I remember in 1978 I was baptized in water down there in the Strandtown building by one of the church elders. And I, you know, there was a great sense of God's presence in the meeting. I think 30 people were baptized in water in one service. Can you say praise the Lord? We were in revival in those days. And sometimes as I'm talking to different people here, especially some of the older ones, there's a tendency, if we're not careful, to talk about the good old days. The good old days back in Strandtown. But we need to guard our hearts and have a balance between being thankful for what God did in the past and getting absorbed with our history and past revival and what God did in the past because I believe God has bigger things ahead for this church, for this assembly. I believe God has greater things ahead for us. But if we are constantly looking back and talking about the good old days, we will never come into the fullness of what God wants to do amongst us. So can I encourage you, don't get too sentimental about the good old days. Give thanks for them, but keep your focus on what God wants to do ahead of us. Isaiah 43, verse 19, the Lord says this, Behold, I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? You know, we can miss what God wants to do. We can fail to go forward by faith and boldly by faith take hold of what God wants to do amongst us if we are constantly harping back 
to what we perceive as being the good old days. We need to stop thinking about the past. We need to stop looking back. Remember Lot's wife. I find that young people are wonderful when it comes to looking forward. I find that young people, you know, they tend to have more innovative ideas. They tend to come up with new things. And in my life and in my ministry over the past 30 years, I have always tended, you know, very much something that has been on my heart has to been to give opportunity to young people, to support young pastors, to take young evangelists and preachers with me on mission trips, you know, and give them preaching opportunities. And in more recent years, I have started more and more to hand over elements of responsibility in the ministry to younger people. It's amazing, you know, as you get older, how kind of out of date, out of touch you can become. Some years ago, I handed over the leadership, the chairmanship of ACE, the Association of Campaign Evangelists. I handed it over to a young Swedish guy called Jonas. I, I felt the time had come that I, I needed to pass on the baton, so to speak, and give it to somebody younger. And we had a board meeting, and we decided that Jonas should take this on. And after, you know, a month or so, Jonas came to me, and he said, he said, I'm organizing the next conference. And I said, I said, that's great. Do you need any help? Do you want me to deal with you know, people registering to attend. And he said, oh, no, no. He said, we're going to do it and we're going to use Eventbrite. And I said, what's Eventbrite? And he said, oh, Eventbrite. He said, that's the kind of thing on the internet. And, you know, they, they, they sort of organize the conference for you and people just go to the event website, Eventbrite website, and they just register there and, you know, they pay their contribution there. And, you know, it saves us a lot of work. And I'm sitting thinking, What's Eventbrite? You know, how does that work? Young people are so much more in touch with all these, all these things and all this new technology and, and new ways of doing things. So I, I like to have young people working together with me. You know, I've, I'm, I'm working in Burkina Faso and I've largely handed the responsibility for that over to a young Norwegian guy. He's just about 32 years of age. He's done a fantastic job. He's really built on the foundation that we have laid, and he's really taken that work ahead. Now, I haven't retired. I haven't put on my slippers, spiritually speaking. I'm still involved. I'm still active, but I've kind of given the lead role to him. I believe in raising up young people. I believe in giving them opportunities. And can I encourage you as a church, let's be encouraging. Let's be supportive of the young people that God has given them, and let us give them opportunities to develop in life and in ministry. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, I'm sure you know it very, very well. I'm just quoting it from memory here. God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. It's not good to know that God has a plan for you and you and you and you. But you know what I just said there isn't quite right. 
It's not that God has a plan, singular, but God has plans. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Not just one plan. You know, sometimes when we finish one plan, when we complete one task or one mission that God has given us, God has something new. And you know, many of us, we say, oh, I'd love to know the plan and will of God. But the thing that people forget is Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Just a couple of verses further down where it says this. It says, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's not talking about salvation. Because when we get saved, it's the Lord who comes and seeks and finds us. But after we get saved, God wants us to seek Him, to seek His face, to seek His plan, to seek His will, to seek His dream, to seek His vision for our lives. And that takes time. That takes prayer. That takes fervent prayer. And I have found at different stages of life, sometimes like reading a physical book, you know, when you come to the end of a chapter and there's a blank page, sometimes you have to take good time to pray and to seek the face of God before God reveals the next chapter to you. Dreams and visions don't come lightly. God has a plan for you. God has a dream that He wants you to fulfill. When God created you, He made you as somebody special, somebody unique. Your DNA is different from everybody else's. Your fingerprints are different from everybody else's. God created you special. You know, in life we tend to like sameness. We like everything to be the same. But God is a God of variety. When God created the trees and He put leaves on the trees, He made every leaf on every tree different. There aren't two leaves on a tree that are the same. But you know, if you or me had been given the job of making leaves for trees, we'd probably have set up some kind of printing press, you know, and stamped them all out exactly the same. But God is a God of variety. God wants to do something new. Any revival that I have ever read about, any revival that I have been involved in out on the mission fields has always been born through intense prayer. There is a price to pay. God does not reveal His plans and His visions cheaply or easily. We need to seek God, both as individuals and as a corporate body. You know, sometimes we have to go through a desert. There's been times in my life when I've gone through what I felt was like a spiritual desert, where it seemed that God wasn't moving, where it seemed like nothing was happening, where it seemed almost, I felt at times, that God had abandoned me. And then suddenly, God would show me the next stage. God would show me a new vision. God would give me a new dream and God would lead me into something new. And God wants to do the same for you. You don't have to be a preacher for these things to work for you. These things will work for anyone if you will seek God and seek His plan.
You know, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, their problem was that just like Lot's wife, they were always looking back. Whenever things weren't working, whenever things weren't going well, they were always saying, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt. Oh, I wish we were back in the good old days in Egypt. Of course, they weren't good old days because they were slaves in Egypt and they were very badly treated and persecuted. But when they were out in the desert and they didn't have something to eat, they started to doubt God. They lost the vision. They forgot about the promises of God of the promised land, and they started to look back. Remember Lot's wife. They wanted to go back to Egypt, and so a whole generation of them, they never saw the promised land. And it was left to a younger generation. It was left to Joshua and Caleb and the younger generation. It was left to them to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. A whole generation wiped out because they wouldn't stop looking back, looking over their shoulder, wishing they were back in Egypt. God had to raise up a new generation. Moses saw the promised land. You know, God brought him up on a mountain and he looked into the promised land, but he never physically entered it. I believe the late Pastor Connolly saw into the promised land for this church. I believe, and I know from talking to him when I first got involved in this church way back in the 1990s, I know from talking to him, he had a vision. He knew what God had said to him and spoken to him. Now, sadly, he's no longer with us. And now there's a new generation and a younger generation growing up. It's up to us by faith, by prayer, by hard work, by sacrificial giving, by seeking the face of the Lord. It's up to us to go and press in to the promised land but we need to stop looking back. In conclusion, in 2022, can I encourage you, as individuals, as a body of God's people here in this church, let's seek God as never before. Let's believe God that we will start to move in and to possess the promised land. Let's believe God that God will start to fill this place. Let's believe God for revival in this church, in this city, in this nation. Let's believe God for a move of God the like of which we have never seen before. Thank God for past moves of God. Thank God for what He did in the past. Thank God for the good old days in Strandtown. But let's keep our focus on what God wants to do ahead. I don't want to keep looking back. I like to read about past revivals. I've read books about revivals. I've talked to people who, who tell me about things that God did in the past. But I want to see it in my day, in my generation. Can anybody say amen? Lift your hand if you're with me this morning, will you? How many people are with me on this? Even if you don't fully grasp it, let's press ahead. Let's make sure we're at the prayer meeting. You know, we have one on Wednesday night. We have one on Wednesday morning. I think we should have more prayer meetings. I think we should start to seek the face of God until God moves amongst us. 
Let's not be satisfied with the status quo. That doesn't mean we get critical and negative. It means that we turn our eyes towards God, we seek the face of God, and we start to believe God, not just for manna in the desert, but for an entry into the promised land, just as the children of Israel went forth by faith and entered the promised land. Let's stop looking back. Let's stop talking about the good old days. Let's keep our eyes forward. Let's press on in the plan and will of God and not rest, spiritually speaking, until we see a mighty move of God in our day and in our generation. My prayer to God these days is that God would send revival. In this church, in this city, in this province, in this nation, I don't want to die without seeing a mighty move of God. Anybody else say amen to that? Amen. God bless you. I believe it with all my heart. Maybe you don't believe it. Maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe you just think there's just going to be a falling away and, you know, things are just going to get worse and worse and that's all we can expect. But I believe that heaven will be full. I don't believe God loves empty seats in churches. I believe God wants to fill churches. Not this, just this church, but every church up and down the land. I believe for a move of God. 2022. Let's pray as I hand back to the singers and musicians.